We need to build societies that are not founded on the violent presuppositions of liberalism, but on the peace of Christ. To do this, we need to acquire a fresh, spiritual way of thinking beyond the boring categories that modernity has to offer. Catholic social teaching is this fresh way of thinking. I'm Jacob Fried Imam. From Post-Liberal Thought, this is The Catholic Social Difference with Andrew Willard-Jones. Andrew, in the last podcast, we tracked the development of nominalism into the creation of ideologies. And from there, we began to talk about liberalism Mm -hmm. as, as the first and perhaps arguably the greatest of the major modern ideologies. Right. The second one is socialism the great opponent to capitalism and indeed indeed uh capitalism is is a integral part of liberalism that is yeah the economic system of capitalism is is uh an aspect of liberalism it's not the natural condition of man minus government intervention Mm -hmm. but which is a lot of liberals pretend like that's the case it it can be it can be simply made problematic by just saying well well, there were no states with any regulatory power for thousands of years and there was no capitalism when people talk about the free market they often mean that it's free from state intervention so were the subsistence farmers and the peasants economies they also were free from government intervention and it wasn't capitalism to be honest i can't look i can't find an economy throughout history that did not have a free market in that definition. In fact, the capitalist economy is far more regulated. Oh. Far, far more regulated by the government than a subsistence, a peasant economy, for example. Oh, absolutely. Which basically doesn't have a government. The absence of regulation is not the condition for capitalism. So what we see as a result of capitalism coming alive for the first time fully fully alive in in the in the modern period though you have things like fractional reserve banking and utilizing of the techniques of credit and debit um beforehand but the actual the full enterprise or everything can be quantified put a, a dollar can be put on absolutely everything because absolutely everything can be claimed as private property i i often say things like Private property is invented in modernity and people get all mad at me because there is private property. There's obviously things that are owned throughout all of history. But the point is not that there isn't examples of owned things. It's what's new in modernity is the regime of private property. The idea that all things are private property. That's the invention of a new concept of property. But the totalizing effect of, of the economy. Right that we see in in the the emergence of of capitalism leads to inequality the likes of which we had the europe hadn't seen in centuries yeah and because of this in a gross inequality you have an alternative ideology that arises right and and that's socialism right so unlike the liberals the socialists maintain that human beings are fundamentally social, right? I mean, the, the individual comes to be himself within a social world that, that makes him himself. They deny the individualism of liberalism. 
So instead, they view society, the social order, as, as broken up into classes, classes of people. Rather than individuals who are competing, you have classes. And these classes are formed through a materialist philosophy. What a person is, is a, is a product of the material world that the person lives in. The individual's relationship to the material of the world is what forms him as a person. This is actually almost diametrically opposed. I mean, it's absolutely opposite from the liberal schema, Yeah, basically. From right. where, where the, the individual liberal looks at the world and, and sees it for what he wants it to be. He looks at it as if he's a god, like as if he's above it, right? Assessing it. He, can con he sees it, he assesses it, and he can control, control it. it. So the socialist turns that around. You don't, you're, you're in it. Your mind, the ideas you have are because of the world, mm -hmm. right? And because of your interaction with the world. So the, the totality of human interaction with the material world is what they call the economy. The economy is extremely complex. And because of that, different groups of human beings interact with that material world in different ways. So you can say you have the farmers who interact with it in a certain way. You have factory workers who interact with it, who actually encounter the stuff of the world differently. Classes are these groupings that are material, but they are as much conscious, mm -hmm. right? The minds of the classes, they're just an aspect of the material world, right? Mm -hmm. They have no independent sort of existence. So then the socialists say, so we have these classes that are then fundamentally in conflict with each other over power and, and resources. This is where they share axiom an axiom with the liberals. Okay. Right? The idea that society is fundamentally about conflict um, over scarcity, scarce resources. Right. So just as Locke and Smith and, I mean, of course, Hobbes are right. uh, concerned about the, the violence in, in the natural state of, of man. Right. Everybody is so unbelievably greedy and vicious right. that it's impossible for them to live with one another at all unless you have certain securities right exactly. keeping them from themselves and, and actually legal contracts that that people enter into and agree to and are afraid of the repercussions of breaking them exactly right you need an overawing power basically to to keep people in line mm -hmm. so the marxists aren't disputing that basic negativity okay <laughs> so yeah so humanity is fundamentally in conflict over power but humanity is now made up of classes not individuals okay so that means history is about class conflict history is about classes trying to exploit each other and maximize their gain over the other classes this that, seems already so much more dynamic than the liberal ideology it's so much smarter it it, it it's like it's like i tell my students if you think socialism is stupid that's that's just because you don't understand it yet. It is a Catholic, a sort of perversion of Catholicism. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you can see it here already that, they, there's, that society is real, that people are formed in society. They're mm -hmm. formed up into it. And a lot of socialists will use language that is Thomist in the idea of virtues, only not virtues anymore. Now they're just habits. Right. Right. Yeah. So virtues and vice go away they're not talking about morality but the idea that you're formed by the the structures of your society into a certain habitual personalities right yeah right now that's that's old-fashioned catholic moral thought and so they have that idea then the idea of hierarchy in society is present but the socialists view it as necessarily exploitive and hateful rather than as potentially benevolent right so their solution to hierarchy is not 
what the Catholic solution to unjust hierarchy, which is to make it just, their solution is the elimination of it. What they believe is that history has a direction to it. And the history, the direction of the history is the fighting of these classes that will ultimately result in a classless society, which is really just that everybody's one class. So there's hmm. no more class conflict. So everyone shares a consciousness. And that's how we'll achieve peace, ultimate peace, which is an yeah, what obvious- is peace? What is peace for them? Sorry. Uh, it's, actually, it's, it's actually, again, a sort of secularized Christian thing, right? I mean, it really is social harmony where people live according to the maxim of from each according to his ability and to each according to his need. Hmm. But you couldn't get a better notion, uh, a description of, of a Catholic idea of justice. From each according to his ability and to each according to his need. That is, that is like the ethic of a family. The end would be the sort of um, secularized heaven, like true peace, true human peace, and hmm. which again is a part of the Catholic heresy here because it has an eschatology to it. Right. History yep. has a direction. And that direction is towards salvation. So last time we talked about within liberalism, the kind of idealized exchange of a man with a dollar buying a loaf of bread. Yeah. So if we, if we use that same sort of example and give it a socialist analysis, maybe it would be helpful. Okay, so let's say the man is a farmer and he works in a field that's owned by another man. Okay, and he works all day and he, he grows the grain he harvests the grain, he takes it to a mill that's owned also by the same guy who owns the field, right? Then he takes it to ovens that are owned by the same guy who owns the mill and the field and produces bread. Okay, now the owner of the field, the mill, and the oven, which is what the Marxists would call the capital, mm -hmm. now owns the bread that was produced by this labor. Okay, so he owns the bread, he takes the bread and he gives this farmer a dollar, say, as pay. We're just going to use a dollar because it's simple. Yeah, yeah. Gives him a dollar. So now the, do the worker has done all this work and he has a dollar and he's hungry. So he goes to a store, which is also owned by the same guy who owns the field, the mill, and the oven. And the bread. And the bread. And he also owns the bread. And buys a loaf of bread for a dollar. <laughs> all right. Okay, so now what's the situation? The worker leaves the store with a, with a loaf of bread. The capitalist has his dollar back and has two loaves of bread. Wait, so the second, the two other bread, so the, throughout the day's work, the guy produced three, three loaves of three bread. Three loaves of bread and got, gets a dollar for doing that work. Yeah, I didn't put that in there. Did yeah, I? yeah. Yeah, so he, yeah. he makes, he, ma he, he produces three loaves of bread, say, gets his dollar, goes to the store and buys a loaf of bread with the dollar. So, so the capitalist wins big. He gets his dollar back bread. to pay and two loaves of bread, which means he can then pay some other guy who's working for him with that dollar again, right? And sell the bread. But okay, so so the the response in the classic so they liberal, say this liberal is a scam. The socialists would say this is a scam. Yeah, but the classic liberal capitalist response to this would be, but he the the capitalist managed the entire enterprise. Right. Think about all the other bread that he's made. he's not just eating those two loaves of bread he's distributing right. them he's making sure other people get it like he's managing yeah so the argument the socialist argument doesn't rest on the idea that the the god the capitalist isn't doing anything you could see the power of it by you say well couldn't the capitalist just hire someone to manage all that for him does he have to do it himself in order to reap the benefits mm. 
No, he doesn't. Right? He reaps the benefits because of his ownership, not because of the work he's done. The managing of the enterprise is work. Yeah. Right? So that someone who's doing that work obviously needs to be paid for it. Sure. Right? Yeah, of and, course. And if the capitalist, the owner, is the one doing the work, it, it would it, no one would dispute that there's some sort of just pe- uh, payment that comes from that. Mm-hmm. But that's not the power of the argument. The power is, why isn't that payment determined in the same sort of way that the payment of the worker is determined? Why is it that, that the payment for that office, that the managerial office, is all of it, right? <laughs> it's like right. all of the so-called profit, all the surplus value. Risk is usually the answer that you, resp- you that you receive from that. But risk is a cir- that's a circular argument because what all you're doing is saying I'm risking in this enterprise what I could be using in a in a different enterprise. It doesn't say, well, why do you have the ability to take risks and other people don't? Why yeah. why are you given why do you possess the property okay. in order to decide on risk? I see the response. Yeah, that's a right? strong response. That is the, that, that's the response. That's because yeah. the, the risk is, that's just a, a sort of explanation of how the mechanism of capitalism works. That's not a, a response to a critique of capitalism. You know, this, this is already such a different uh, introduction to an ideology. If the liberal order was trying to create, a, a, or excuse me, if the, if the liberal ideology was was foundationally trying to create a new social order. The socialist ideology describes one and is doing a pretty good job yeah, at it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. critique is 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 based upon a description. Yeah, where before you have a, a false origins narrative. Right. That's clearly ludicrous. Yeah. And right. this one <laughs> is just describing the world around us. Yeah, and how yeah. and how it's functioning. So so the yeah. socialists the socialists would say that this is a scam, right? And that, and that mm-hmm. the, our example is very simple because one capitalist owns all the capital and one worker does all the work. But in the real economy, it's much more complex. Totally. Because the capital, the capitalist is actually the capitalist class, right? So it's a different capitalist who owns the field, who owns the mill, who owns the baker, who owns the store. Mm-hmm. And it's a different worker who's doing all those things. But the mechanism is the same. And right. so it's the capitalist class exploiting the working class so you take within a, this scam. And, they're, and what they're doing is, is, is collecting the surplus wealth of the, of the working class's production. Right. So to take a, 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 almost a crassly real example, look at Amazon. It's a company worth a trillion dollars. Right. Bezos has 16% of that. That's one man in a company that has nearly 600,000 workers. Right. So the argument couldn't, wouldn't be Bezos has done nothing to deserve money. That's no, not the argument. Clearly the not. argument yeah. would be, is what he has done equal the billions and billions of dollars that he's reaped? Yeah. And the, or is that wealth being, is there a system that's enabling him to siphon that wealth away from the people who really deserve it. Like, for example, the untold number of factory workers in China who are, in fact, producing all the junk that's sold on Amazon. Right. right? Yeah. Or, yeah, I, there's a kind of a funny stat that um, the average salary at Amazon is $28,000 and that the Bezos makes that every nine seconds. Yeah. He's at the top of a very large sort of concentration machine. Right, yeah. Right? That's 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 extracting wealth at every level. Mm-hmm. And not all the wealth, because all the people at the various levels are being sustained within the system. 
but they're extracting as much as possible all the way up and it culminates in these like super capitalists at the top. Yeah, I don't mean to get stuck on this point, but it seems it's, it's really difficult because without a true sense of justice, mm-hmm. is it is hard to say that that's wrong. Right. Well, well of course, right, because from a, within a liberal perspective, it it isn't it can't be. You know, I mean, it's it, you can even try and get onto the uh get onto a, an argument of justice by saying they wouldn't have had jobs without him. Right, of course. I mean, that's yeah. the argument of that's but that's the same argument yeah. as what we, we talked about last time with well, these these starving peasants came to the cities to get jobs in the factories because it was better than starving to death in the countryside. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah that's right. That's totally right. But, but yeah. that's the mechanism of exploitation. That's not a, a, de- a defense for it. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, that's, made, what, that's what the socialist would say. It's like, well, yeah, but right. Who, <laughs> but who, who the conditions the... that produce them making that decision are produced by the economic machine. Right. Who made them hungry in the first place? Yeah, exactly. Who made them come right. to them for a job? Yeah, exactly. Right, 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 right. So the socialist would view this, this is a scam that is, rests on the idea of, of private property. Private mm-hmm. property is a sort of fundamental concept, right? Because when we ask the question, well, why does the capitalist get the loaves of bread? Why does he own them at the mm-hmm, end? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, because he owned the field. He owned the mill. He owned the bakery, right? He owns it. So how do we know that he owns the field? How do we know that he owns the field that he maybe has never worked in, has maybe even never even seen? How do we know he owns it? Well, because his name's on the deed. Yeah, exactly. So he has a juridical, but what's the, what, what is the consequences of the legal claim to the property, right? What is, what is the legal claim equal? What is it for him keeping the bread, right? Yeah. Like, so, That's, so, so again, you, it's another, you, it's topology. a circular thing. So you yeah. own, you get to keep the bread because you own the field, but we know you own the field because you get to keep the bread. So private property becomes its own justification. So it becomes a, it becomes a dogma, right? Um, it, it becomes, and this is this is the this is where we start getting into the 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 Marxist the socialist distinction between the structure and the superstructure. So the the structure of society is the the external economic mechanisms, the field, the mill, the bakery, right? The superstructure are the ideas that make it work. I mean, this is a very simplistic way of understanding, a simple way, but it, I think it's basically accurate. So, mm-hmm. so the superstructure is, would be like for them, all philosophy, all culture, all literature, all religion, all the sort of um, intellectual, cultural, capital or mechanism concepts like private property um, that facilitate the functioning of the system and keep it running. Because the question is, Question you that the socialist would ask is, well, why is this worker doing this? Why does he go to the field every day? Why does he work? Why does he participate in the scam? He doesn't see a way out. Is he doesn't see a way out. And part yeah. of the it's not just he doesn't see a way out it, it, because he also believes in the institution of private property. You see. So so he believes that the that the capitalist does own the field. He believes he owns his own labor. He believes he's selling his labor to the capitalist, right? Who then has, who then gives him a dollar, which then he then owns, right? So he would like to own more dollars, the the worker would. So he wants to work more in order to get more of his own so that he can then buy things that then he would then own, right? So the, 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 the dogma of private property is not just 
it, 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 in order for it to work, the, it has to be held by the workers as well. This is when, when the socialists talk about, I mean, at least initially, when the socialists talk about how the workers forge their own chains, right? Yeah. Okay, so it's, it's obviously a, a superstructure that is benefiting the capitalist class at the expense of the working class, but the working class also believes in it. Right. I'm just kind of laughing to myself because you hear about um, millennials today feeling so entitled. Mm -hmm. But you look at, at these workers and they don't realize that they truly are entitled to the creation that God has made for them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, they... they um, so well, in a sense, the millennials are, are far more entitled than they ever well, know. Well, let's not go too far. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot going on. There, yeah. there is. <laughs> It's a completely different type of entitlement that they have. So this this idea is that um, their private property is a unjustifiable dogma that underwrites the whole the whole mechanism. Mm -hmm. Which, and so this idea that we talked about last time about the liberal notion that everything is a piece of private property and how that is a liberal invention. The Marxists are nailing that. Like they have that right. Right. That is a, that is a liberal invention. That that idea of private property. And the sort of claims that come along with it. Okay, so we can see then how, like your example of Bezos at Amazon, why does he get all that? Because he owns it. Why does he own it? Because he gets it all, right? <laughs> or how do we know that he owns it? Because legally he gets it. That's what it means to own something. Yeah. Right, to get to be able to reap the benefits of, of its production. Okay, so, um, so that, that shows how the governmental regime is a part of the superstructure, right? So the whole sort of juridical regime of private property and rights and all of the kinds of things that go along with it are a part of setting the, the uh, forming and maintaining the mechanism of, of class exploitation. So then the rise of the proletariat. Right, so the How socialists, does that come the socialists say this can't sustain itself. Okay. It, capitalism is self-defeating because there's, there's, well, there's quite a few things that happen, but one of them is the capitalists are competing with each other which means that they're reducing their own numbers. They're reducing more and more of property owners down to the ranks of the worker. The working class is going to get bigger and bigger. The property owning classes will get smaller and smaller. That's what that's what hmm. they, they they think. Okay, so well, I mean that's that's terribly accurate. I mean, just talk about the the wage wage gap or something like that. Yeah, the, yeah. The, I the mean, it gets it gets. They, they seem to miss they miss something we can talk about later, maybe about how capitalism develops in the twentieth century with the middle class, the emergence because they seem oh, to th okay. they seem to think that the the middle classes are going to dissolve the nineteenth century socialists into mere either to become capitalists or to become proletariat. So two classes. Yeah, and it'll reduce to two classes basically. And that the, the the proletariat will swell and swell, get larger and larger, and the capitalist class will get smaller and smaller. Mm -hmm. Now, what that there's a couple things that go on there, right? One is more you're you're, you're reducing the population um, to a great mass of interchangeable people who don't own anything, right? So so the idea would would be that part of what capitalism will do as it plays out is it will also extract from that working class whatever property they do own. Right? They'll become renters on, on everything. They're selling their labor and then everything else they're buying from the capitalists. They don't like own anything. That's the way capitalism will play out. Yeah, well, goodness, seeing what's happening in the housing prices. Yeah, yeah, right. Low interest no, no, rates no, that's and right. everything. Yeah. It's yeah. and, um, pretty accurate. So what that does, though, is that that will 
it will produce a class consciousness among the workers. It'll, it'll shift their class consciousness because they'll develop a certain means, a certain um, uh, relationship to the means of production, right? That, yeah. that shifts away from the private property uh, affirming capitalist one in time. Right, they go for a, they go through a phase where where they are believe in private property and are attempting to accumulate it. And as they lose that property, they'll become more embittered towards the wealthy who have it. They'll be, develop a sort of class solidarity among them that they they don't have property and they want property, and these other guys have property, mm-hmm. right? But then, as capitalism plays out even further, they'll they'll develop a way of thinking that is without private property. Right, because they don't own it, they don't interact with private property. So, private property—the dogma of private property—will lose its hold on them. This is the development of the proletariat class consciousness. Mm -hmm. Eventually, they'll gain, they'll realize the scam that's being played on them. They'll see it for what it is, Mm -hmm. and at that point, it'll be relatively, relatively easy to overthrow capitalism because it's all arbitrary. It's arbitrary, and and the numbers are. There's very few capitalists left. And all you have to do is just declare their system not to be it anymore. Like just declare private property to not be this juridical fiction that they've declared it to be. And capitalism is gone. Wow. Right? I, like you overthrow them. I mean, they, they, they think they'll have to be a revolution because, because of the way in which class consciousness develops. It won't develop all at once. And so there'll be a sort of, um, this develops a lot with Marxism. There'll be a, a sort of vanguard of the proletariat who gains a certain understanding of this before the great masses of the proletariat. Hmm. And they'll lead the revolution um, that will overthrow the capitalists. And then once you've overthrown that regime, you have to make use of a lot of the forms, a lot of the superstructure of the capitalist regime in order to finish the formation of proletariat class consciousness. So you have to eliminate private property. Um, the way you do that initially is in um, state, the state taking control of private property, of owning all of it. So there's no more private property. It's all state-owned property. And that will kind of finish the changing the relationship of the means of production among the workers so that they no longer own or, or aspire to own anything. You, over time, you'll be able to change their consciousness to where they're no longer capitalist in, in thought. Uh, and then what happens, of course, is that the state, the whole juridical apparatus that supported capitalism is being used by socialism in order to finish the revolution. But as the revolution is finished, as everyone becomes proletariat, purely, mm-hmm. the state withers away. So that's the part that we don't really hear in modern socialist uh, advances. Well, modern moderns aren't, the moderns aren't socialists, I don't think. Oh. Okay. I mean, the, the people who are calling themselves socialists now are just welfare liberals, seems to me. There's very few that you come across that actually have an ideological understanding of a socialist conception of, of the, the human person, of history, of... That's true. You never of, hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of um, structure, superstructure. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, in fact, they seem to really... The, the current socialists are sort of embarrassing in that they, they, they seem to not have any problem with like Apple. Because it's hip, right? Because right. they make they make like well designed computers that are have good graphic design or something. Okay, so so you like so- them in Brooklyn, but you don't like <laughs> you don't like the steel mills. Gotcha. Okay. Right. It's not. It's not. I don't think it's ideologically serious. That's yeah. That's just because historically, you know, that's what was around when mm-hmm. when 
communism when Marx was writing. Was yeah, and I think still they, mill, but Apple was not. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think they just mean, for the most part, they they want more state regulation of capitalism, right? Mm -hmm. Current so most current American socialists anyway, like they don't want to do away. They don't think private property itself should be destroyed. Right. Yeah. 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 It needs to be done away with. Maybe some of them. But very few. Where did that transition? When did that transition take place from from ideologically robust socialists to the, to the modern welfare capitalists? Oh well, I think I think that historically, when the socialists when socialism actually get gains power and attempts to implement itself, it's just such a horrendous failure that what what comes out of it is is a sort of um, social democracy type socialism which is so it's just a, a modern slur socialism rather than an accurate description in 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 socialists today are are just the uh the inheritors of those who made those child labor laws yeah they're more know. progressives i mean they might they might have some aspects of socialist ideology in play but but very few of it so okay so i mean socialism is, i think is maybe mainly only still alive in like sociology departments and certain universities Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I mean, ideologically serious. Socialism. You're right, because it's far more robust than, than the previous ideology that we looked at. It's the reason so, why yeah. like the, so intellectuals, the intellectuals were so attracted to socialism. Because it's, it's, it's intellectually robust and you've never tried it out. And intellectuals don't yeah. have an active life. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, the, the, the attempt to destroy hierarchy. I mean, you, you have to see that the socialists think that, that this only happens ultimately through revolution, right? You have to, you have to in the end, you have to destroy the power mm. um, and replace it. And then once you've replaced it, then you have to use the power to form the new consciousness. Right. right, and when this is actually happens, attempted in like the Soviet Union, China, right? It it such such a gross violation of the natural law results in millions of deaths. Right? It always that's that's what yeah. happens when you when you violate the natural law so profoundly. Yeah. Hierarchy is not the thing that has to be destroyed. Yeah. Injustice is right, right, right. They so the the socialists like the liberals destroy the concept of justice right there is no concept of justice right they throw the the word social justice around but they don't mean that there's a a hierarchy of power within society and that the common good is it, justice is what leads to the common good of the entire hierarchy through its gift giving within itself Right, which is sort of the, the, the which is the Christian understanding of justice. Mm. Justice is that is that virtue by which the powers that you have are you're viewing them within the context of everyone else's relative power, resources, or needs, and deploying those resources for the common good. Right, that's that's a sort of that's a Christian notion of what it means to be a just man. Yeah. Right, and they they don't have that at all. They they. They, are, they think of justice as, as sort of um, claims against each other. And, and, and really, ironically, what they would want is ultimately the destruction of that hierarchy. So the very condition of justice is destroyed, right? The, 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 it's because of inequality that justice is a thing, right? If you, if you destroy inequality, justice becomes a, a, a non-concept. Right. So maybe yeah. you could say what they would like to do is achieve a society in which we don't need justice. That's also, there's no place for charity. Right, yeah. If you don't have justice, the, the division, there's no charity, there's no stooping down, there's no deigning to descend. The gap between yeah. the power mm -hmm. differential, 
or the gap between the power and the weak Mm -hmm. is the gap of not only exploitation, but it's also the gap of, of charity. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, this is your opportunity for charity. Yeah. I mean, you can't, that's why in the, for example, in the middle ages, one of the consequences of being excommunicated was you were forbidden to give alms. Right. Right. Wow. Because alms giving was as much for your own benefit as for the poor. Wow. Wow. So it was a punishment to not give alms. Right. So that, yeah, that, I mean, that you see the, the, the relation, like they understood that your own end, your own good is satisfied in the reaching down to those below you and serving them. So just as in liberal capitalism, where you have this mechanization of the human person, then you have actually stripped him away from his ability to love. So you yeah. find a an equal and opposite way of stripping man from his ability to love here by putting institutions in place um, where and in, in, in corporate mechanizations uh, to of redistribution. Yeah, and where charity should be. It's like it's like the original socialism, the original revolutionary socialism, is almost less offensive to to a Catholic worldview than what the kind of the kind of watered down welfare socialism that we get in the 20th century the late right. 20th century because yeah. the the sort of socialism that people are proposing now is such a violation of the concept of subsidiarity which we can talk about um we'll when talk we, about yeah. a lot later but yeah. it, but it's at root that idea of hierarchy of power right that 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 there are the, the the room for charity the room for gift between the relatively powerful and the relatively weak is extends from the relationship from a mother and her baby in sort of concentric circles all the way up to you know some sort of world government or something right yeah. right and to to destroy all of that to shatter that hierarchy of of charity in exchange for one apparatus is just the worst form of tyranny right i mean it's it's i'll take liberalism yeah yeah, and yeah. <laughs> absolutely, and I think that's probably why the, the you find so many within the church shifting that direction. Um, so even though that socialism is a Catholic heresy, but the, but you see that but that's the thing, right? Is that is that sometimes the closer you get to truth, the more horrendous your error is. Right. Right. Yeah. Like Satan worship versus atheism. Satan worship is worse than atheism. Yeah, even though it recognizes the spiritual realm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the devil believes in God. So, so now we've yeah. we've come to our second. We're finishing off our introduction to our to the second modern ideology. Right, liberalism being the first, socialism the second, and then nationalism is the third, um, which is quite an equal one. And just as you said that there is uh, the, the the French Revolution's uh, liberty, equality, fraternity. Right, uh, this is being being the the initial thrust. You know, three Catholic virtues that once they swell up too big they don't have room for the other two uh now we we come to that third one in in the next podcast that fraternity is is nationalism yeah thanks (laughs)